It's Friday, August 4th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes. Hoynesy, the Guardians open a three-game weekend series tonight uh, at home against the White Sox. Uh, they, they just saw Chicago uh, last weekend uh, and, and split four games uh, against them. Uh, but this is a different-looking White Sox team after the trade deadline, different-looking Guardians team after the deadline as well. Uh, but uh, Jake Berger not in the lineup, so uh, take away five home runs hit uh, you know, against the Guardians uh, this season. Uh, and from that lineup, still a, a formidable White Sox uh, you know, uh, uh, squad that uh, you know, they might not be playing for much of anything, but uh, they've got guys in the lineup that can't hurt you. Yeah, definitely, Joe. You know, they uh, they kind of, you know, they took two out of four from Cleveland at guaranteed rate field. Like you were saying, uh, you know, they kind of <laughs> they can hit the ball out of the park. Uh, they still got uh, Moncada and Jimenez and uh, and, uh, you know, uh, Robert and uh, Tim Anderson was playing better uh, in that series. Uh, Yasmani Grandel. So, yeah, that's still a pretty good offensive team. Uh, you know, but they really kind of gutted their uh, pitching staff. So it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, this is a critical series for Cleveland. I mean, they've got to take two or three at least. Um, and they've got to bounce back from that bad trip, that two and five trip, Joe. And and normally when you say, you know, it's a critical series and uh, with, with Cleveland, uh, one of the things that's reassuring is that, you know, they usually have their pitching lined up pretty well. They They at least know you know, who's going to be out there on the mound right now. It's Logan Allen and, and anybody's guess uh, as far as the announced rotation for this, uh, this series, uh, Logan Allen will start tonight. And then uh, there's uh, TBA and, and TBD and, and uh, uh, you, you know, take your guess. Uh, one of those spots uh, over the weekend should be filled by Noah Syndergaard getting his second start in a guardians uniform, uh, he left his his first his debut in Houston uh, after getting struck in the leg with a, a, a hot shot ground ball up the middle. Uh, but uh, you know what he had shown to that point was was pretty solid. Uh, this is a guy who they're just sort of uh, letting him out there, uh, letting him do his thing, and then uh, if they need to tinker with him a little bit, uh, they they're gonna you know do that a little bit down the line, I guess. Uh, what can we expect from Noah Syndergaard this weekend? Yeah, Joe, I mean, uh, you know, what he gave him, like, five and a third, five and two-third, uh, you know, scoreless innings. I thought he looked good against Houston. Uh, you know, he's going to be facing, uh, he he would definitely, uh, you know, hasn't, I'm sure it doesn't sound like he's faced the White Sox too much. You know, he hasn't pitched a whole lot in American uh, in the American League. So, but it all depends on how healthy he is, Joe. And uh, you saw him. What did you think? Uh, I, I thought he commanded pretty well uh and and used the entire ballpark uh you know there were some some long fly balls hit in that game uh, balls off the bat that you know we initially thought were you know had a chance to do some damage but uh you know he sort of uh, danced along the razor's edge uh, uh throughout that game uh and, you know was missing barrels for the most part and and was getting out of the he didn't have any strikeouts which kind of kind of yeah. uh was alarming and uh you know that that just tells me that you know, the stuff just really isn't there. And, and that's a guy who, you know, maybe a Paul Bird type uh, situation. You know, he's not going to overpower you, but he's going to get you out. Uh, if if he's got that uh, veteran savvy, maybe uh, maybe he can rely on that a little bit. But 
you know, hopefully he gets him deep into a couple of uh, games here uh, moving forward because uh, the, the bullpen is definitely going to need it. Yeah, he gave he did give up a run, Joe, but he, he, he gave it was an inherited run, you know, right. five and a third innings. So uh, I thought he looked pretty good. I, yeah, I I agree with what you said. Uh, he didn't strike anybody out, and that's uh, yeah, that is that's, that's a red flag for sure. All right. Uh, I want to remind our, our listeners, uh, do this early in the podcast to, to, you know, if you're able to, uh, uh, log on to subtext and, and subscribe there, uh, it's a good way to, to get the latest on any moves that, uh, the, the club might be making, uh, prior to this series, uh, prior to, uh, any subsequent series or, or any, uh, roster, uh, notices or anything like that. Uh, 216-208. Four three four six. If you want to send a text to that number, uh, send subscribe to that number, and they'll uh, send you a link back to uh, subscribe three ninety nine a month for subtext. Uh, great way to to have a dialogue with myself and Hoinsey throughout the season, and uh, to get the the info as fast as you possibly can uh, from us directly. Uh, one of those moves uh, potentially, as as we're hearing, could be uh, dealing with Josh Naylor, who's uh, been uh, looking at uh, right side soreness that kept him out of the last two games. Uh, he played in Monday's game in Houston uh, and then missed the next two. Uh, you know, the way he swings the bat, uh, the, the violence with which he swings the bat sometimes, uh, not a surprise that, that something like uh, uh, an, an oblique injury could be uh, what they're looking at. And, you know, hopefully a, a couple of weeks uh, on the injured list, might uh, we'll get him back uh, quickly. Uh, we we just don't know at this point uh, until we talk to Tito what the the latest is and how he checks out uh, from uh, you know from over the week. Yeah, definitely, Joe. I mean, it would be that that's a big blow to uh, this uh, lineup. Uh, you know, they they traded uh, Josh Bell. Uh, and then you, you trade, you lose the middle of the lineup. You lose all the protection for Jose Ramirez if, uh, you know, if Naylor has to go on the IL. Uh, hopefully he doesn't. Hopefully this is, you know, you give him two days. He's get, he gets the off day uh, Thursday. So that's three days of rest and treatment. Maybe that, that's enough to get him back. But if it's an oblique, Joe, you know, you're talking a month, you know. So this, is, this couldn't have come at a worse time if, if that's the scenario that plays out. You know, especially for the season that Josh uh, Naylor has yeah. has had uh, right now, uh, as far as what he means to this lineup, uh, he's been pretty much the, you know, besides Jose Ramirez, the most important hitter in the in the Guardians lineup. Wow, I haven't done that in a while. Uh, in the Guardians lineup uh, all season long. Yeah, no doubt about it. He's having an all-star season, a, a breakout season. After last year was a breakout season. So, you know, that tells you how good he's been and how important he's been to this uh, lineup. He's protected Ramirez. You know, he's, he's, he was on pace, you know, to drive in over a hundred yard, a hundred runs, you know, maybe 20, 25 home runs. Uh, just been, you know, solid against, uh, you know, with runners in scoring position, you know, he's done everything for this, this team and, uh, to lose him for any, you know, any length of time it would be, uh, you know, it's devastating, especially, you know, when you're trying to stay in the race here and, you know, you've got really a tough stretch of the schedule coming up. Uh, you know, so, uh, this is not, uh, this is not the time to lose your best hitter, but, you know, you've got to take care of these guys. And, you know, if it's an oblique, you cannot mess around with those injuries. 
306 batting average, 846 OPS with uh, 15 home runs, 79 RBIs uh, for Josh Naylor. Definitely, uh, you know, one of the most important hitters in uh, that lineup for Terry Francona. Uh, we also uh, got to find out what's going on with uh, Tyler Freeman and his sore shoulder uh, that he sort of felt uh, a little bit of pain in after he took a swing in Houston. Uh, they, um, you know, they brought up Brian Rocchio. Uh, what are some of the other moves that they could make if Naylor and or Freeman uh, both have to go on the injured list this uh, this afternoon? Uh, Joe, I mean, just about everybody they need, you know, they have at at AAA is is here right now. I mean, geez, I I don't know, you know, uh, uh, John Kenzie Noel is he? Could he be a guy that you bring up and just DH? Uh, you know, I know he's got a bunch of home runs at at Columbus. Uh, you know, you Collins, but you know, has, has had really a solid productive season for the Clippers, but you'd have to put him on the 40 man. You know, he's not on the 40 man. You'd have to make a move there. Uh, you know, so they're, I'm well, sure they're, why not, they're why not have some a, balls. Why, why not have a fourth catcher on the roster? Come on. <laughs> that's just, right. You're either, you're I either a catcher or a shortstop. It, 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 that that's perfect. You've got, uh, well, <laughs> you free up time for David Fry to play elsewhere, I guess, you know, but but honestly, you're either a catcher or you're a shortstop uh, on this on this roster right now. If they call up Zach Collins, that's that would just be insanity. Uh, John Kenzie Noel, obviously, he's on the 40 man. It would be an easy move to add him if if they just needed somebody to 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 hit. But you've already got a guy like that in Oscar Gonzalez that you know I don't think that they want to you know put him in the outfield all that much unless they have to. Uh, Again, it'll be interesting to see when the lineup card comes out tonight if uh, if Miles Straw is out there uh, after the you know the week that he had and 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 sort of the uh, the questions and the controversy about uh, you know letting uh, Miles Straw uh, hit in certain situations uh, you know he has not been hit, pinch hit for at all this season even late in games where where the Guardians had a, a chance to win. Uh, is that something that, you know, maybe Terry Francona should be held accountable for? Well, I think it's, you know, you, it's, you can question it for sure. You know, I, you know, the, the trend I see is that, you know, uh, you know, Brendan is, st- is starting more and more games in center field and, uh, you know, straws coming in as a defensive replacement, which, you know, I'm not sure where that's coming from. I would imagine that's coming from the front office because as loyal as Francona has been to Miles Straw, you know, I don't think he's, he's, you know, all, all of a sudden shifted loyalties like that. So, you know, I think, uh, it's coming from the front office. They want to look at these younger players, you know, as they're trying to thread the needle and stay in, stay in contention. And that's something that, you know, that you and I have talked about, uh, you know, their ability to stay in contention here, uh, as the, the twins are just not running away with, uh, the division and running away with things. The schedule is something that we've we've talked about uh, down the stretch. The Guardians right now have, oh, but going by strength of schedule, the the toughest road uh, ahead of them. Uh, you know they've got games coming up against the Blue Jays, the Rays, the Reds. You know these are all contending teams in 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 the East and in in the National League. There, uh, they get a break with the Dodgers, but uh, with the uh, the Tigers before the Dodgers come to town. Uh, and then you've got to go back on the road and play the Blue Jays and the and the Twins uh, in in to to wrap up August. Uh, September's opponents include Tampa Bay, uh, a trip to the West Coast where you, you face uh, before you go there you, you got to play the Twins. 
the Angels, the Giants, and then the Rangers. Uh, you get the Orioles. You get the Reds again. Uh, so, you know, if they're going to do this, uh, they, they've got to do this against some contending clubs, some teams that aren't going to be, you know, just uh, mailing it in against them. They're going to be looking for wins uh, down the stretch as well uh, from these contending clubs. Yeah, this is a gauntlet, Joe. This is uh, this is the reason you should, if you're Cleveland, you'd, you'd like to have a five, six, seven, eight game lead in the division going into this final stretch run, these last two months of the season, because this is a tough, tough grind, especially for a team, you know, with down three starters that doesn't score a lot of runs. Uh, if you uh, if they if they manage to win this division, you know, they've accomplished something. Well, the, the the Twins conversely have the easiest road ahead of them uh, in in baseball. Uh, they've got uh, a series against the Rangers. Uh, they play the Met. That's that that's not easy. Uh, but then they get the Mets, uh, the Rays, the White Sox, the Reds, the Angels, uh, and then they close up September. I'm sorry, this is this is their month of September. Uh, they they end September against three against the Athletics at home and then three on the road. Uh, against the Rockies, uh, you know that's that's uh, not a tough stretch to to close out the season there. Uh, if the Guardians are going to beat the uh, the Twins, they better have a lead going into that final week of the season. Yeah, there's no no doubt about that. And uh, you know, just uh, you know, the AL Central, even with uh, you know, is a division where that Cleveland has ruled. You know, they've they've won the division eleven times. Um, they they really they you know dominated play in the division, but this year it's a little different, Joe. I mean, they're 17 and 16 in the Central. The Tigers, who you know are well be back in third place, are 18 and 12. Uh, Chicago, another team that's you know well back in in the standings, are 17 and six. The Twins are 21 and 15. So, you know, the, Cleveland has not played well in, in a division they usually, you know, dominate. They've, uh, here's, here's the breakdown. Uh, they're four and six against the White Sox, two and four against Detroit, uh, four and three against the Twins, and they played well against Kansas City, seven and three. Well, two and four against Detroit is inexcusable. That's, that's just, yep. that is not a team. Uh, that they should be losing games to, or losing multiple games to. I mean, one or two losses to the to the Tigers is is all right, but you know, uh, it, uh, Riley Green is is the one that I I think is just a a killer for them. Uh, he he always seems to be involved in in you know turning things around and, and beating uh, Cleveland. So uh, they uh, they need to to figure out a way to beat Detroit uh, and beat them. Uh, with regularity in these final two months uh, of the season uh, coming up. All right. Uh, let's, uh, you know, I want to, I want to ship back and just uh, look at the, the trade deadline. There were three deals made uh, for the guardians, obviously sending uh, Ahmed Rosario to the Dodgers for Noah Syndergaard, uh, trading Aaron Savali to the uh, Rays for uh, a top 40 prospect in Kyle Manzardo. And uh, the 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 deadline deal right at the buzzer of sending Josh Bell for uh, Gene Segura and uh, Khalil Watson. Obviously, Segura uh, has been released, but uh, Khalil Watson uh, last night making his uh, his debut with the Lake County Captains in uh, in Grand Rapids against the West Michigan Whitecaps. 
Uh, Khalil Watson hit a, uh, a solo home run in the sixth inning, uh, went two for four. So uh, that's uh, you know a, a nice way to introduce yourself to your teammates if you're uh, if you're Khalil Watson. A nice way to introduce yourself to a new uh, new organization, a new franchise. Uh, in in doing that, uh, certainly a, a change of scenery was something that that he uh, was looking forward to and, and could use. Yeah, definitely. It was a good sign. I think he started at second base. He may have stolen a base as well. Uh, so good, you know, a good beginning, uh, you know, in an A ball. Uh, and, you know, this is, uh, that's high A, right? I, Lake right. County's high A. So, okay. Then uh, maybe uh, perhaps we'll see him at, at Akron sometime later, that, you know, in, uh, before the season ends. But probably just let him settle in and, and you know, kind of play out the uh, the year at, at A ball and see where it leads from there. But it's a nice start and, uh you know, he's a high draft pick. He's got a good pedigree. So, you know, we'll let we'll have to keep an eye on this guy. Of the uh, of the three trades, in your opinion, uh, which one, you know, once we get a little further down the line here, uh, you know, sending out either Rosario, uh, Savali or Josh Bell, which one will have uh, the biggest negative impact on uh, on the Guardians as a whole? Uh you know, that's a tough one for me. Uh, you know, I'd like to say, I, you know, off the top of my head, I'd say Savali, you know, just because, you know, they're, they're so limited with their pitching right now. Uh, you know, but long term, you know, you've got Logan Allen, you've got Gavin Williams, you've got, uh, you know, you've got young starters, um, you know, I, I mean, uh, you know, Tanner Bybee, you know, you, that are eventually going to take this guy's spot. So, you know, I think short term Savali probably hurt, hurts the worst. Um out of those three deals to me. Yeah, I think long term, maybe even the the Ahmed Rosario trade, not just not because, you know, it, it had the, the positives of freeing up space for Gabriel Arias, Tyler Freeman, Brian Rocchio to, to come prove themselves at shortstop. Uh, but I think that the negative impact might be in clubhouse culture, in in team chemistry, in, you know, is Jose Ramirez happy? Uh, because, you know, tomorrow, today we're going to walk into that uh, clubhouse and for the first time in a long time, uh, Ahmed Rosario's locker is not going to be right next to Jose Ramirez. Uh, that's uh, it's going to be uh, different and a change for Jose, who's, uh, you know, he's he's used to being comfortable in that situation and looking to his left. And, and you know, if he's not seeing Francisco Lindor to his left, he was seeing Ahmed Rosario. And that was that was something he could deal with. Uh, now it's it's going to be a, a rotating cast of characters, I think, for the, the remainder of the season. Uh, and that could have a negative impact down the road. Uh, what about uh, positive impact uh, of those three trades? Which uh, which was the the trade that that the Guardians needed to make the most to to have a positive impact on their roster? Well, you know, I I was going to say uh, you know I was going to say Rosario, just but kind of the opposite way, you know, just because it opened the door to those uh, you know to uh, Rocchio and and uh, Rocchio and Arias and and uh, you know, I mean, all the shortstops and middle infielders they had that eventually we're going to see, you know, do they have a starting shortstop? Is there somebody in this organization where they have stockpiled middle infielders for the last seven, eight, nine years? Is there someone that can step in and take over that position? And, you know, that was one of the reasons behind the deal. So, you know, I think that's, you know, that's the deal I want to see. Uh, you know, kind of uh, where it leads to, and and you know, Syndergaard maybe he proves to be a useful uh, starter, you know, for the for the next two months here. 
Yeah, I think uh, the the move that might uh, just sneaky, uh, you know, have its its positive impact felt years down the road is the acquisition of Kyle Manzardo. Uh, this is a top 40 prospect. This is a guy who y- you don't normally get guys like this in trade deadline deals because teams don't want to give them unless they're, uh, you know, uh, tr- uh, traded for a legit uh, all star superstar player. Uh you don't normally get this high level of a prospect or he's not available from a franchise like a Tampa Bay that needs to hoard all of its prospects uh, because they're financially in the same position that Cleveland is in. So I, I think uh, if if Manzardo works out the way that uh, the scouts and, and everybody is predicting that he will, if he can become uh, a middle of the order bat for this this lineup uh, for a few years down the road here. Uh, I, I think uh, it, it's a good trade because uh, obviously uh, Savali is going to win games for Tampa Bay. He, he's going to give them exactly what they need this year. Uh, but down the road, Manzardo could turn out to be uh, could turn out to be something special. Yeah, that's uh, a good point. And Joe, I talked to his agent the other day, and uh, you know he was picking him up. He was picking him up at the Phoenix airport and taking him to Goodyear to finish his rehab. So uh, you know we'll we'll see uh, we'll see how his you know the the rehab on the shoulder goes and uh, how, how soon he'll be able to join. I would think AAA uh, Columbus. Yeah, that'll be uh, interesting to watch as well. Uh, all right, uh, coming up this weekend, uh, big series like we said. Um, against the uh, the White Sox for Cleveland, uh, and uh, special guest throwing out the first pitch uh, tonight at the at the Guardians game scheduled is uh, Crazy Bone from Bone Thugs and Harmony. Hoinsey, uh, I got to ask you what's what's your favorite what's your favorite Bone Thugs and Harmony song? Is it is it Thuggish Ruggish Bone or are you more uh, are you more uh, the Crossroads kind of guy? <laughs> Is that the Crossroads by Eric Clapton? No, that is not. Uh, that is not Eric Clapton's Crossroads. That that would be an album. Uh, uh, the Bone Thugs and Harmony, uh, you know, a renowned uh, rap group from Cleveland. Uh, uh, you know, a lot of people will be very excited to see Crazy Bone out there. Uh, he's 50 years old. I saw that in his biography. I, I didn't even realize how old he is. But uh, it's kind of crazy. Crazy Bone will be there throwing out the first pitch. Now I know Hoinsey, you're waiting for Tuesday. Uh, and that game against uh, the uh, the Blue Jays coming up at Progressive Field uh, because Mike Love from the Beach Boys is All going right. to be there to throw out the first pitch prior to Tuesday's game. And I know, uh, you know, this is Mike Love, uh, uncle of Kevin Love. Uh, a little a little uh, fun fact there. Uh, Kevin Love, formerly of the uh, the Cavaliers. Uh, he's uh, um, Kevin Love's uncle is Mike Love from the Beach Boys. Uh, he's 82 years old, if you can believe that. <laughs> He'll be there throwing out the first pitch on Tuesday. Uh, any 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 Beach Boys song besides Kokomo is an acceptable answer. Uh, what's your favorite Beach Boys song? Oh man, uh, California Girls, Good Vibration. Oh, there you go. Uh, yeah, Surfing any, Safari. <laughs> no, Surfing Surfing USA. Surfing right? USA. Think, right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> anything off Anything off of Pet Sounds is 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 an ultimate uh, game winner right there. Uh, but for me, uh, Sloop John B is. Oh, is that's by, a good one. That by far far and away is my favorite Beach Boys song. I can remember uh, family picnics and uh, my dad's cousin. Uh, got out his banjo and my grandpa had his accordion and they would play uh, Sloop John B and they'd sing that uh, uh, sitting around at, at the family picnic. So 
Uh, a lot of fun memories. It, it, it would be an absolute thrill to meet Mike Love uh, after he throws out the first pitch. Hopefully they bring him up to the press box uh, during the game on Tuesday. Uh, so lots to look forward to at the ballpark this weekend. Uh, Hoinsey will be there and we'll uh, we'll bring you all the action uh, again. Subscribe to Subtext if you want uh, the latest. And uh, Hoinsey, we will uh, check in with you on Monday. All right, Joe. That's a good one. California girls. <laughs>